Hello and welcome to this week's Skeptical Reporter. My name is Miruna from the Skeptics in Romania podcast and I'm bringing you news on science and skepticism from around the world. A Delaware doctor and his wife were arrested this week after their daughter told authorities that she was punished by waterboarding, a method of torture. The 11-year-old girl told police that her father, pediatrician Melvin Morse, would hold her face under a running faucet, causing the water to shoot up her nose. The punishments happened at least four times over a two-year period, and the girl's mother, Pauline Morse, witnessed some of them and did nothing. Morse specializes in near-death experiences in children and wrote a book about the subject called Closer to the Light in 1991. In hundreds of interviews with children who had once been declared clinically dead, Dr. Morse found that children, too young to have absorbed our adult views and ideas of death, share first-hand accounts of -of out-of-body travel, telepathic communication, and encounters with dead friends and relatives, a reviewer wrote about the book. Morse was also interviewed by CNN's Larry King about the subject, and he runs a non-profit organization called the Institute for the Scientific Study of Consciousness. A 2012 doomsday group is charging $5,000 for admission to a survival bunker in the northern New South Wales hills in Australia. Massive earthquakes, shifts in Earth's poles and devastating solar flares will be among events faced by the global community this year, according to the group which describes itself as a survival community. The group organizer, mechanic Simon Young, said the entry fee went towards concrete and other materials to construct the bunker, believed to be in mountains near Tenterfield. Scientists worldwide have refuted 2012 doomsday claims, saying nothing will happen to Earth this year. When asked about the bunker project, said to be 1.2 kilometers above sea level to avoid predicted catastrophic sea events, Young said he believed it was the best chance of survival. The bunker is expected to be completed just before December when the group anticipates sun activity and tectonic shifts to wipe out most life on Earth. A self-proclaimed Russian prophet had a vision from God. He would build an Islamic caliphate under the earth. A decade later, police had to intervene and rescue 27 children of the sect he created. Ages 1 to 17, the children rarely saw the light of day and had never left the property, attended school or been seen by a doctor, officials explained. Their parents, sect members who called themselves Muamin from the Arabic for believers, were charged with child abuse. The sect's 83-year-old founder, Faiz Rahman Sattarov, who declared himself a prophet in contradiction to the principles of Islam, was charged with negligence. The children were discovered when police searched the sect grounds as part of an investigation into the recent killing of a top Tatarstan Muslim cleric, an attack local officials blame on the radical Islamist groups. In Great Britain, a website offering parents advice on childhood immunization has been ordered to remove information about the MMR vaccine after renewing claims that it could be linked to autism. Baby Jabs said the vaccine could be causing autism in up to 10% of autistic children in the UK. It also said most experts now agree that the large rise in autism has been caused partly by increased diagnosis, but also by a real increase in the number of children with autism. A further claim said the vaccine strain measles virus has been found in the gut and brain of some autistic children, which supports many parents' belief that the MMR vaccine caused autism in their children. One person complained that the claims were misleading and unsubstantiated. The Advertising Standards Authority noted that the website makes clear that the original allegations of a link between the MMR vaccine and autism by Andrew Wakefield was strongly rejected by government and the medical establishment, but it said consumers are likely to infer from the website's claim that the vaccine might have played a role in the increase in the number of children with autism. 
And now let's look at some news in science. Scientists from the Scripps Research Institute have identified a new stem cell population that may give birth to the neurons responsible for higher thinking. The finding also paves the way for scientists to produce these neurons in culture, a first step in developing better treatments for cognitive disorders, such as schizophrenia and autism, which result from disrupted connections among these brain cells. The new research reveals how neurons in the uppermost layers of the cerebral cortex form during embryonic brain development. The cerebral cortex is the seat of higher brain function where information gets integrated and where we form memories and consciousness. If we want to understand who we are, we need to understand this area where everything comes together and forms our impression of the world, said the study's senior author Ulrich Müller, a professor and director of the Doris Neuroscience Center at Scripps Research. Remarkable image sets from NASA's Curiosity rover and Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter are continuing to develop the story of Curiosity's landing and first days on Mars. The images from Curiosity's just-activated navigation cameras or navcams include the rover's first self-portrait looking down at its deck from above. Another navcam image set in lower-resolution thumbnails is the first 360-degree view of Curiosity's new home in Gale Crater. These navcam images indicate that our power descent stage did more than give us a great ride. It gave our science team an amazing freebie. The thrust from the rockets actually dug a half-meter-long trench in the surface. It appears we can see Martian bedrock on the bottom. Its depth below the surface is valuable data we can use going forward, said John Grotzinger, project scientist for the mission from the California Institute of Technology in Pasadena. Curiosity carries 10 science instruments with a total mass 15 times as large as the science payloads of NASA's Mars rover's Spirit and Opportunity. Some of the tools, such as a laser-firing instrument for checking rock's elemental composition from a distance, are the first of their kind on Mars. Evidence suggesting that NASA's venerable Voyager 1 probe is about to leave the solar system is piling up, scientists say. Researchers are eyeing three key parameters for signs that Voyager 1, which launched in 1977, has escaped into interstellar space. The spacecraft's measurements show that two of these three parameters are now changing faster than at any other time in the last seven years, scientists said. These are thrilling times for the Voyager team as we try to understand the quickening pace of changes as Voyager 1 approaches the edge of interstellar space, Voyager project scientist Ed Stone of Caltech in Pasadena said in a statement. For a while now, Voyager 1 has been exploring the outer reaches of the heliosphere, the huge bubble of solar plasma and solar magnetic fields that surrounds the sun, planets and other bodies in our cosmic neighborhood. The third key sign scientists are watching is the direction of the magnetic field Voyager 1 experiences. They think it will flip from a roughly east-west orientation to north-south when the probe reaches interstellar space. The team hasn't yet seen that switch. A preliminary analysis of the latest magnetic field data should become available in the next month, scientists said. The sexually transmitted disease gonorrhea is becoming increasingly resistant to yet another drug which now leaves just one medication that can be used as a first-line treatment for the disease, according to a new report from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in the United States. Over the last several decades, the bacteria that cause gonorrhea have developed resistance to many antibiotics used to treat the condition, including penicillin, tetracycline, and fluoroquinolones. That left just one class of drugs called cephalosporins to be used as treatment. But today, the CDC announced it no longer recommends cefixime, an oral medication, as a first-line treatment for gonorrhea, citing data over the last several years that show cefixime has become less effective at treating the infection. That leaves ceftriaxone, an antibiotic delivered by injection, as the most effective therapy for the condition, health officials say. 
But because health officials expect that gonorrhea will eventually become resistant to ceftriaxone, new treatment options are urgently needed, the CDC says. Gonorrhea is caused by the bacterium Neisseria gonorrhea and is spread through sexual activity. People with gonorrhea often show no symptoms, but the disease can lead to serious complications, including infertility and chronic pelvic pain in women, and in men, epididymitis, a painful inflammation of the ducts attached to the testicles that may cause infertility if left untreated. And in local news from Romania, we learned that changing environmental conditions are causing more fires to erupt in mountainous regions of the country. Authorities have announced that a fire in the Bucej mountains that had taken two weeks to put out has reignited. Rescue teams were mobilized to go up the mountain and try to put out the fire before it turns into an ecological disaster. The last event caused hundreds of hectares of forest to burn down. This was Miruna for The Skeptical Reporter. This show was recorded today, the 10th of August, 2012. Thank you for listening.